the drive, step back in the air. Oh, let me step back and oh, kiss my. myself. Big time plays, big, wow. big time plays. And we're back. We are back. For all of you who know us and love us or hate us and want to slander us, my name is Vanessa Velli. Uh, I'm accompanied by the chocolate lover boy himself, the man, the myth, the legend. He fights bears with his bare hands. Woo! Clap it up for my boy, the king, the legend, the Twitter phenomenon, Duff No Beer. That was a that was a grand introduction you just gave me. I really appreciate it. You deserve it. Mr. Double Entendre, that's you. Come on now. No, y'all missed that bar. He's fighting bears with his bare hands. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people can say something like that. Smoothly, too. That was very smooth. That was a great introduction. That. You can do WWE introductions. I would love that. Or you can do, like, UFC introductions. Anything we're fighting. Nah, Bruce Buffer got that on lock. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he getting that check forever. You're right. But that, they, they could have me in a WWE commentator. Yeah. I, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Fuck whatever job I got. WWE called me. Yo, we want you to just talk shit. Damn. We on the topic already. WWE. Damn. So, well, it's the podcast. It's chill show. That's the introduction. You already know. You already know what it is already. We we too many episodes deep for you not to know. If you're listening for the first time, of course, we're here. It's a part of the show show. And enjoy but, the experience. Yeah, enjoy the experience. Um but yeah. It was a two day um WrestleMania. WrestleMania thirty eight just passed. Yes. Uh I watched almost the entirety of the thing. Yeah. Um how did you from what you seen what did you, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen recaps too. Like, oh, how yeah. did you feel like, about? It? I mean, so because you are wrestling, I love wrestling, and you love wrestling as well. But you're like more of a fanatic. So, what was your take off of WrestleMania? Um, what I what I would say is that I feel like they did WrestleMania right. Yeah. This year, and I mean, and and for those for those, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are. Uh, that's listening probably don't watch wrestling or they did at one point and it's more so like they stopped wrestling watching it because their favorite wrestler quit or whatever or they figured out it was fake or it got boring that's all right and i totally respect that but um i feel like wrestlemania was done right this year there were some shortfalls but again it's a two-day event you know what i mean so like there's gonna be some there's gonna be some points where you know there were there were moments that were flat but um, I feel like as a as a whole production, it did it did well. Like for example, like I, uh, one of my favorite moments, I guess, was the Ed- Edge match was really good. Um, shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Some people will say that it wasn't good. Yeah, because they were like older, but it's like the nostalgia. You talking about his whole little thing, his yeah. whole his whole stage thing. Yeah. Um, people were really. They were clowning the Vince McMahon thing. Oh my god! But I was like, "Yo, it's nostalgia." Like they were like, they were the acting is terrible. But you, you forgot these guys are well over fifty probably. So it's like, yeah, he's seventy nine. Yeah, so it's all about the nostalgia. So I was like, "Damn, I appreciate it for what it is right now." So it's, it was very entertaining to me. And when they drunk the beers, I'm like, "Damn, this brings me back." Give man. me a hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me a hell yeah. But uh, a lot of people for my for my core wrestling people, if you're listening, uh, and I know there's some of them out there. Cause they tell me about it. Uh, Cody Rhodes, you know, Co- Cody, Cody Rhodes, um, not going to get too crazy into it, but he, he's Dusty Rhodes son. So if you never, if you, and gold dust little brother. Yeah. So that, that kind of puts it into context. Um, 
when I was growing up, I never liked Cody Rhodes simply because like they he was he had some dumb Stardust character, and then they made him put like a plastic like a paper bag over his head because he was like deformed Cody Rhodes or whatever. So like, I never really liked his character, but then uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of AEW. Huge fan of AEW. I feel like AEW brought wrestling back, in my opinion, and made professional wrestling fun to watch again and he was a creative he was one of the founding creative members of AEW, and then that's when i started to like and appreciate cody rhodes for what he was and then he, he came back to wwe and that was a huge 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 thing in, in the wrestling community because it's like why would you come back to a place that treated you like shit yeah for so long and he came back to wrestle Seth Rollins. And for those of you who don't know who Seth Rollins is, think of him as like a knockoff Edge. We all know who Edge is. He's like a knockoff Edge. He's not. He's not the best in my opinion. He's not amazing. He's he's like a fake Edge. Yeah. Almost. And like he came back to a huge pop, and he's saying now he's gonna try to win the WWE Championship because of his dad. Because his dad never won it. Yeah. I respect it, but again, I feel like. He would have been better served off in AEW, even though people look at AEW as like a smaller company. Of course, it's a smaller company. It started two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I don't know. So that was your that was your highlight of WrestleMania. No, my highlight of WrestleMania. I don't really have a highlight because I I really don't like WWE anymore. Yeah, I really 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 don't like it. I would say probably my highlight of of WrestleMania would be the Hall of Fame because my boy Undertaker got inducted. Mm-hmm. So that was crazy seeing him how him talk, see him as like a normal person, like go into it and everything like that. But I hate WWE. It's just like not. It's not good. It's not written well. Storylines aren't drawn out correctly. Everybody's retired. They don't really push the guys right. So if you want to watch. A good wrestling product. Go watch AEW. You got CM Punk on there. You got Daniel Bryan on there. You got the Hardy Boys on there. So it's like you got Christian for all my Christian fans out there. Like, uh, but that was another play on words. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, go check out AEW, man. Don't watch WWE. Man, what do you think? so I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, WWE because it was everything that I wanted. Like I said previously, it brought back the nostalgia for me. So I was like, damn, this is actually pretty entertaining. I was actually quite entertained mm-hmm. from all the surprises. But who stole the show was uh, Pat McAfee. Oh, talk yeah, about it. Pat McAfee, man. He, man, he did a phenomenal job. I sent you the link. I sent you the. Um, you did? Yeah, I sent you the Twitter link and the video to it. Man, he did a, like. Majority of the fans were saying they were, that was the highlight of the whole WrestleMania because they said he stole the show. He did a backflip. He did a backflip. Nobody was expecting that. Beer drinking Pat and he got And he got Stone Cold Stunner. Come on now. Yeah. That was that was like, that was amazing. So his performance was amazing, but then I seen a lot of backlash um, against WWE because of that. But the backlash was mainly towards WWE saying, yes. why can't y'all have, why are these people that are not wrestlers overshadowing or be, and doing a better job than the wrestlers that y'all currently have on your roster. So that was a big thing as well I've been seeing on social media. I agree to that simply because, like, I didn't even mention it. Take take Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Take Logan Paul. Right? Logan Paul went on live te- in front of 70,000 people 
and did the damn thing. Yeah, he did. He wrestled. He hit the three amigos. The crowd was hating him. He did the frog splash. The yeah. crowd was hating it. I'm like, yo, he's a a real heel. But to get to your point, WWE does a pure a poor job because what they do is stale. It's 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 so stale. Like they'll get like this really big beefed up guy try to make him the next big thing. These people that you bring in these wrestlers, they don't have mic skills. No, you know what I mean, they it, just have. They just have the physique. They have the body for yeah. it. Or they'll do a lot of flippy, 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 flippy. What's, yeah. And they don't have, like, they're lacking one one thing and not the other. Yeah. And then they don't build up new guys. Like, how many times are you going to bring back The Rock? Or how many times are you going to bring back John Cena? Mm-hmm. Or how many times are you going to bring back Stone Cold? Stone Cold Steve Austin is 57 years old. How many more times can you bring Stone Cold back? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, how m- Roman Reigns has held the championship for over 500 days. Yeah. Like, it's 365 days in one year. Yeah. Like, so imagine 500 days. How many more suplexes can Brock Lesnar do? <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, like you keep bringing back guys like Kurt Angle and everybody. Like, yo, where These guys is- are old. Yeah, we need some new talent. Where's the new talent? Some real good talent, too. But I don't think it's going to achieve that anymore. I feel like WWE is dried out. Because like like we always discuss every time we discuss the WWE in here the the main issue we have is that it's too kitty these days yeah so you're not gonna find a wrestler that's that gritty anymore or we don't even know if wrestlers are that dedicated to being in that role anymore because of the climate that we're in everything is so sensitive I, w- I would I would disagree with that point only only because that the product that AEW has is just so good yeah but we're talking about a WWE oh, case oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah I, I'm not yeah. saying wrestling in general okay. When it comes to A, that's why AEW outshines WWE, and we had this discussion because AEW is raw, literally yes. is raw wrestling. What we always wanted to see, it brings back nostalgia, it brings back blood, gore, yes. everything. It was Cross the words, epitome, yeah, it was the epitome of what the SmackDown once was. So, or SmackDown Raw once was. So it's like. Watching WWE, it's like, damn, it's a fall from grace because yes. it's like everything is so censored now. They can't say certain things. They can't do certain things. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen blood watching WWE. It's rare. So, and if it is by accident. It's by accident, yeah. And they probably clean it up quickly. Yeah. Uh, but don't want that. But yeah, you can't show that. But, yeah, so my point being, uh, SmackDown, man, that's – is is a is a huge fall off, and I don't think anybody wants to wrestle. Well, people want to wrestle in that organization because you have star power. Yes, you have the chance. But what I watched was Brock Lesnar. I love Brock Lesnar. He's a, a legend, a legend. But he did so many suplexes that night in the final, at the final match. It was like it's, it's exhausting. Yes, and they had Roman Reigns there, the, who's the champion, like you said, for five hundred days. This man did so many super punches, <laughs> Superman punches, bro. <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm like, bro, this is insane. Like, it's little. He only had a spare. He was doing spares and he was doing the Superman punch. And I was like, bro, I can't keep watching. You have this. two moves. There's no versatility in that. And it's like it's wrestlers that know how to remix what they're doing. But bro, you're doing literally the same punch. And the Superman punch is literally what it is. A punch. If you watch Superman and you see him jump in the air and throw a punch, that's all the Superman punch was. When and a person like that with that type of physique. You would think that he'll be doing a lot of other shit. Like a power like bomb. Like a power least. bomb or something. But you got a guy that's Brock Lesnar. How tall is he? 6'5"? Brock Lesnar's 6'5". 260. He's, he's doing suplexes that look amazing on this guy that's 6'3 and like 2 something. Like I two, 230. Two, yeah, 230. 230. Yeah. And he was just lifting him up. I'm like, well, Brock Lesnar 
on his behalf, he had a, a good performance. But like I said, if they're both doing the same exact moves, it's just real repetitive. And that's what I seen for the final match. So I really wasn't like it was exciting to see Brock Lesnar and doing that with somebody that's his size or bigger or smaller. But I'm like, nah, this wasn't exciting for me. But the rest of the, the rest of WrestleMania was great. I mean, to go to your point, like, and you got to think about how how much of a showman. Brock Lesnar has to be to sell those two corny ass moves like yeah. that whole time. Like he has as a six six guy, two sixty. You have to you have to make us believe that this man's punch, Superman punch, was so detrimental that you're falling, and you're. And I know he's mad. It was like five of them. He did like five of them in a row. I'm like, bro, come on. Like Jesus, like Jesus Christ, man. And it's just like you know, take it back to those days when we had cats like Batista. Mm-hmm. Every move Batista did, you like, damn, I knew that shit hurt. Yeah, like, yeah. Power bomb me through it or Kane. Like when you, when Kane uppercuts, you heard it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like nowadays, it's just so so watered down to the point where it's like, oh God, another spear. Oh yeah. God, another Superman punch. No agility. That's that's what I didn't see. I didn't see any type of agility. It's not a lot of wrestlers that that's that agile. No, in that um, organization. Like it's a lot of like a Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it it reminds me almost like a needle mm-hmm. because like you're either all the way flippy dippy flippy flippy flippy. Yeah, and I don't always like the flippy flippy guys. You yeah, know me what neither. Like show me some power, or it's like you're just like really stiff. Mm-hmm. And Roman Reigns is like a very stiff, stiff guy. guy. Yeah, you know, like Undertaker is six was six ten, and even not even his heyday, probably in like the mid two thousands, he was still flying off the top rope. He's six ten two seventy. Yeah, flying off the cane six seven six eight, flying off the top rope. These guys are now just so stuck in their moves, and then people will say, "Oh well, you know, we love Randy Orton." You know what I mean? And they say Randy Orton only has like four or five moves, but it's the selling. Yes. It's the acting. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you hit get hit with an RKO, you're going to be like, oh, my God. Because mm-hmm. he can hit that anywhere. You could be washing your butt. Yeah. And you get hit with an RKO. RKO. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, but that's when that's when wrestling was so well scripted. Yes. So Randy Orton was RKO and dudes all vans. Like, yes. It was, it was crazy. Shawn Michaels was kicking dudes off of off of buildings yes like it was insane brock lesnar was choking dude disabled body people and throwing them down steps it's man but you know what the biggest default to wrestling is so there was it's crazy because there was an african-american woman who was a writer Mm -hmm. for wwe and she got dragged on by wrestling twitter because she exposed as a writer what they do in wwe so the writers are not allowed to watch the show really no so you have writers that have no idea about wrestling and just literally see see names and see the people and like, all right, we're going to write something up. And then when you watch it, like, yo, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Of course it doesn't make sense. Because they don't, they're not able to see the product. And they're not wrestling fans. Yeah. Like one of the rules of the writer, you cannot be a wrestling fan. Mm. You can't be a wrestling fan. So you can't watch it. You can't watch it while it's live. You can't do anything. So it's like, yo, how do you want somebody to write this product for you? Because at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is the one that says yes or no. Yeah. So it's like you want somebody to write this product that doesn't watch wrestling, doesn't understand the fans, and doesn't understand the character development, and expect it to be good. Yeah, but uh, I guess that's a it's the thought of that. It sounds good, but in reality, you want somebody to examine their own work. You know what I mean? What do you mean by that? So I don't think that's a problem. Okay. Because it's like. If we could dictate what we want 
to see who we want to see in the NBA Finals, we're obviously going to pick our team. Yes. So, you know, if it was scripted, I feel like they would, you know, dictate who they favored the most, the characters they're right. So in that aspect, I'm like, uh, I agree why they would do something like that. But if they have... You think they have somebody overviewing that? And they do. Like going, All right, they so do. yeah, they so I, I believe that's they do. that's smart. A reason that's reasonable. The the only problem that I have against it is because when you have that like that, you don't you you then don't see how the crowd reacts to yeah. it. Because at the end of the day, like if if the crowd, like for example, Daniel Bryan, right, like that that corny like yes thing that people used mm-hmm. to do, that was from the crowd. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, or, or if there was like a theme song that comes out and you got the crowd, like the wrestler would do something, and then the crowd gets behind it, and then that pushes up the character, and mm-hmm. then you change a song. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, damn, like whatever, whatever push the crowd was giving him, whatever pop he was getting, is gone. Is gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, you're not responding to the to the fans. It's like, yo, this is just what we're writing, and this is how we believe. Yeah. So it's a disconnect. It, it's it, yeah. It yeah. creates that disconnect. Yeah. To say it shortly, it creates that disconnect because they don't understand or they can't see the fans, so they can't really uh, be in tune with the fans. So it's like, yo, I don't understand. Like. Literally, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going so on. So they don't know how popular that character is doing. Like, think about if Undertaker, right? Let's say Undertaker is probably one of the, not probably one of the most famous wrestlers, but like one of the most like well-known characters yeah, he is. in wrestling, right? Say that they didn't realize that him being an undead zombie was cool. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, they changed him to like a pastor. Yeah. That would have been the oh, death. Oh, yeah. That would have been death for the Undertaker. Yeah. That would have been it. That would have been yeah. it. But back then, writing made sense. Because the storylines connected, and it's like because it was so popular, the writing for the Undertaker really never got that bad. But mm-hmm. there are some things where it's just like, bro, what the hell are you doing with these people? Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, that's so. I, I give WrestleMania eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was pleasant to watch. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of things. Still not over AEW. You know what no. I mean? Still not over AEW. No. No, no. AEW just has it right now. It's just one of those things. Like, like I said, we all love our childhood, and we all want to relate back to what we used to see. And sadly, we we used to watch blood and gore from yeah. these strong men and women in underwear in underwear tearing each other heads off. A, a WWE took it away, so AEW compromised. Yep. So, and then you also got to think about who's over there. You got cats like CM Punk, mm-hmm. like CM Punk. You got freaking. Oh my God, the Hardy Boys. Mm. Yeah, they reunited there. Yep. They over there. You got so many heads. You got Daniel Bryan for all Daniel Bryan fans. You got so many people that's over there. That's like, and you got Sting for God's sakes. Yeah, Sting is there. You got Sting, and it's just like, it's it's just, and then also like the independent talent is good. Like the Young Bucks, uh, the Young Bucks are really good. Jurassic Express, mm-hmm. really good. Um. Kenny Omega, oh my god, one of the best indie wrestlers that's never been in WWE. Kenny Omega, if you've never seen a Kenny Omega match, please go check it out. It is great. He's like Sami Zayn on times a million. Yeah. Great wrestler, but yeah, so. So, we talk about nostalgia a lot. We've been talking about nostalgia this episode for a while, Mm -hmm. and that's the base root of why we were still watching and still enjoyed WrestleMania and AEW. Yes. So the question I have to you is so many is so many stimulants out here today for these younger kids. And um it's so many ways that they can watch or express themselves. 
back then wrestling was one of our expressions because it was like one of the only forms of entertainment that we had. Correct. So do you believe that wrestling is uh, the era of wrestling for younger kids officially over? Yes. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you why is the reason because there are in wrestling and I watch, I watch the pop in wrestling. I watch that and I review WWE. I don't watch WWE yeah. anymore, but I review it enough to know what happens every week, <laughs> every week. I know what's going on. There are no John Cena's. No, there are no rocks. There are no Hulk Hogan's. There are no Stone Cold Steve Austin's, no Shawn Michaels, no Triple H's, no no figure, no Undertaker's, no no figure that kids can look to and be like, yo, this is the coolest guy on my television. There are no catchphrases. Mm. There are no culture shifts. And there is no big reason for a child to beg his mom to get me that action figure. Yeah. There's none. So, so you're saying like the aspect. So, what was done poorly so far is like no marketability. Like in, it has no marketability. In, incredible, in, incredibly correct. Like, like, for, like for for an example, right? Let's take let's take the Rock. Yeah. For example, you ha- you had somebody's drunk uncle at a barbecue saying, "If you can smell what the Rock is cooking, yes." Or you be a little kid, you could be a dumbass kid, you know, you're like you're like five years old going up to your mom doing a you can't see, see me, me hands. Yep, waving your hands back and forth. Yep. Or you could be in school walking around, somebody sweet chick sweet chin misses you in the balls. That don't happen anymore. You know, grant Just suck it. Or, or, suck it. You don't know about suck it. DX? Or or even DX. Doing DX job. You know people got detentions for doing a DX. That was job. one of them. Yeah. Doing the DX job. Suck it. You know yeah. what I mean? Or even doing the Sweet Chin music. Come on. Man. Uh, or when you got out the bath and then you did the Triple H and you, you spray water, spit water, spitting water. Oh, people still do that. Spitting water. Yeah. You know so there's I no mean? marketability. Yeah. Hit somebody with a choke slam. You know, do do your hands like Kane and then bring them down, or even do the dumbass Jeff. We had Jeff Hardy, a white boy from North Carolina, in individual braids mm-hmm. <laughs> and nail polish, and we was just we was an arm sleeve, and we was loving it. Yeah. We was loving it, and it's like, well, you know, now kids have Coco Melon. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? But it's just. There's like, so many stimulants. Like, it's so many things. It's bombarding. You know, you can blame the internet. I, I would. I'll blame the internet. There were a lot more. There are a lot more things to view and watch. Yeah. A lot more things to view and watch. There was no Mick Foley's. No. There's no Mick Foley's now. There's no Bret Hart's. You know, like, there's no Eddie Guerrero. There's no lying and cheating and stealing. And I mean. It's, it's no one for kids. I know this may sound weird, but there's no one for kids to look up to in wrestling. Yeah. To, no, to enjoy it. To enjoy Yeah. John you know, Cena was last of the era when you think about it. John was. Cena was that guy. John Cena was that guy. He had wrestling in the chokehold for years. Bro, Literally. He was the face of wrestling. This man was a rapper. Mm-hmm. He was the, the a rapper. Then he became a soldier. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he just be said, you know what? I'm going to just win every match. Yeah. Like every, every match. No, man. And even even people like CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Like CM Punk. Oh, he had an era too. I was a, CM, I was a big CM Punk fan. Like CM Punk, Randy Orton, mm-hmm. Edge, like all, all these guys. And it's just like the, that was like that ruthless aggression, like mid-2000s. Like after that generation, there had been no one else mm-hmm. to carry it. Because the problem is, we never had like the gen like the twenty tens. 
they were too busy on trying to drag out those legends yeah. that they never took the time to build another like homegrown thing. Yeah, evolution. They didn't have a chance to evolve. Cause that's everything is about. Like everything is about relatability yes. and uh, evolution. Like if you can't fall in with the times, you get stuck. That's why you know, as we read that book, remember we had that discussion about the BlackBerry. Why? Why it failed? Yeah, it failed because iPhone was so innovative. BlackBerry was good for businesses, but iPhone was like, yeah, we're gonna push it to another step, and we're gonna make sure you connect with all your friends. And BlackBerry had a chance to do so, but they were like, no, nah, we want to be the root, and that was. Uh, the fault of their uh, untimely demise. That's why nobody has a BlackBerry no more and everybody has an iPhone. Yep. And that's how success works when you go with evolution. Like, so, and I'll give you a prime example. Um, one thing that was really, if you ever noticed about WWE, and this is the problem that they keep having, because they have access to so many legends, they never really felt as if, you know, they had to, they, they could always just say, oh, we'll get, we'll bring Hulk Hogan in. Yeah, they got, they got too comfortable. Oh, we'll bring in Bret Hart. Yeah. Oh, we'll bring in Shawn Michaels. But now, Hulk Hogan out there saying the N-word left and right. Old man. He's an old man. They forget age exists. Time exists. You can't bring in Ric Flair. No. You know what I'm saying? Old man. You can't bring in Mick Foley. Old man. You can't bring in Kurt Angle. (laughs) You know what I mean? Milkman. (laughs) Milkman. Milkman. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And like... You can't bring in these people anymore, so they're looking and looking and looking. Oh, we'll take Roman Reigns. He he's a the Rock's nephew, and that nobody really likes Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're subjected to only two moves. It's only two moves. Like they was trying to push Kofi Kingston. I appreciate what they did, you know, making him. And then they, you know, but I'm I'm going off on a tangent. A lot of people don't have that it factor. They don't. Yeah, they don't. And the people that they did, they wasted the time. Yeah. So now it's gone. It's gone. You know, and it's a shame. I, I truly feel like it's a shame because wrestling was for 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 years from I would say from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and two thousands. It was just such a big staple mm-hmm. in like young men and women's lives, where you could say something and you could hear somebody else in in, in the streets like yo da 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 da, and they know it because of yeah, wrestling. Easy connect, easy connect. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not like that anymore. No, it's you not. gotta search for it. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It is crazy. It's sad, too. It is sad. It's sad. It's truly sad. But everybody has their time. But that's why I think AEW is so good, though. So go watch AEW. What do you think? About what, AEW? No, what do, you, do, you, do you feel like do you feel like the WWE could ever make a comeback? No, no. Nah. Yeah. Like I said, they, they, they had their chance. They were so um, stuck on the star power that they had. They didn't really think about the f- like the future. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I, and I watched that Vic's, Vince McMahon interview, and he did say something that actually struck me. You want Pat McAfee? Yeah, okay. from a business perspective, when he said when he was younger, like he didn't want to be subjected or pigeonholed himself. Yeah, like he he always had visions of like thinking out of the box. But he said. Um, I don't. I can't say what he said. Like exactly, I don't remember. But he said something like he didn't never created a ceiling for himself. Yeah. Like so, he can always just keep reaching to new heights. So that stuck with me. But it's like, I remember if that. I'm watching. Yeah, when he says something of that nature. But yeah. when I watch it, I'm like, if you wanted to take it to new heights, if that was your real way of thinking, then we would have seen that expressed through the brand that yes. you're producing. So and the pro- so I, I remember exactly what Vince said. Vince was like. 
people always say, "Oh, Vince, you don't never tip, put like pat yourself on the back. back." Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't never look, step back, and say, "Oh, look what I've done." And for Vince, like taking wrestling to Saudi Arabia, and like you know, because over there it's like so strict. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like to doing that or creating WrestleMania. And have it going annually for 37 years. Like, that's what Vince probably thinks is as... Or the WWE Network. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Grossing all that money. And, and having such a big roster. But when you're doing... He's not those, looking internally. He's looking, like, externally. Like, the... um Yeah. And then you gotta think. Vince is 80 years old. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you, you are spreading yourself so thin. You have a lot of range as being, like, the chairman of the WWE. But because of that... You are missing. You are having significant holes in talent and in product simply because you're everywhere, mm-hmm. and you don't and you don't pay enough attention to detail. Yeah, and that's with everything, though. Yeah, some people are just like so big, like they never look internally. They always no. look at the out the out picture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're so content of what they're doing. Yeah, and it's like again, it's it's like a horse. Mm-hmm. You know, because a horse when you have a horse outside and it's in the street, you put blinders in on. So they can't see like from the peripherals or whatever. They can only see straight. Mm-hmm. Vince only sees straight. Straight, yeah. Like evolution, production, production, production. But what about all the other stuff you had mm-hmm. that fell flat because you were just so worried about the next thing? You know what I mean? It's like, all right, I did it, and then it, and then, and then what else? No, that's not that's not how you create products. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, man. Sad day, sad turns, man. No yeah. bouncing back from that. No bouncing back. No bouncing back at all. Mm. Anything productive this week? Uh, yeah, I finally found out what was wrong with my ankle. Nice. I finally found out what was wrong with my ankle. I'm tired of walking around here like an old-ass man. Yeah, with a cane. With a cane. Uh, So I have a ruptured Achilles tendon. Damn. And I don't know if anybody out there ever knew what a ruptured Achilles tendon is, but it hurts <laughs> a, a lot. And I can't bend my ankle, so it looks like I'm walking like the penguin. <laughs> but, I mean, in reality, like, they said I may need surgery, but um, they have to give me a call back. I didn't get that call yet. So, once I get that call, we'll see whether or not we need surgery or cast it up. But if we cast it up, that'll probably be better because we should be able to be uh, to be, to be be probably healed in, like, a couple months. I can do, like, three months of healing yeah. and then just, you know, physical therapy the way out. But surgery would be tough right now. Isn't it? It It's not a good decision, but sometimes it's necessary. You're right. You know, you don't want to keep putting band-aids over it. You know what I mean? Just, just short-term solutions for just to create long-term effects. Yeah. And I noticed that when I was in physical therapy because I go there now. So I was in physical therapy and I had a meeting with the doctor and I was like, all right, cool. What is he going to say? You know, I'm thinking that he was going to give me an update like how well I've been doing or something. And a guy, you know how doctors do? They just give you. They just give you quick solutions for long-term problems. Yep. So he was like, yo, bro, I can give you a stare. He ain't called me, bro. But he's like, yo, I can give you. If he uh, did, it would have been okay. Yeah, it had been okay. I'm like, all right, cool. That, that means he's comfortable being around a black man. But he was like, I can give you, because I have a um, protrude disc. Yeah. He was like, I can give you a steroid right now, and then we can just see. We just run a test trial on it. And um, we're just going to go from there. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, that really doesn't help me much. Like, if it's just a test. But, you know, I know these things take time. So, the guy, he just pulled out the biggest needle I've ever seen in my life. Jesus. Bro, like, the needle, like, it was like, I can't even do it. Y'all can't see it right now, but it's like, the needle was like, put your, 
like spread your fingers out right now and if you listening spread two of your fingers spread your uh pointing finger and your thumb and just w- wide as you can i don't know how tall you are but if you got small fingers do that right now to the widest <laughs> without exerting your your fingers that's how big that needle was and he stuck it in both my discs big as your iphone big as your, no it wasn't big as the iphone that would be crazy it was like it so if it depends what iphone you got say if you got an iphone 11 if you got an iphone 11 or 12 they all around the same height like 6.5 inches put it from your volume button to um the end of your, your cell phone case. My boy got poked up. That's how big the needle was. And he stuck it in my back. And I'm like, yo, this is so crazy. This better be a long-term solution. And he tells me, the guy is just like, yeah, you know, with these things, you're never sure. Because this is a case-by-case basis. And it's individual. So it could work. It couldn't work. It could work for a week. It could work for a month. Or it can be permanent. So now we're just seeing, you know. Yeah, and it's crazy because... I went to the, the the primary care doctor. Mm. Fellas, if you're out there, go get go get the primary care doctor. If you don't have one, yes. you need one. Uh, I went there. I didn't really have a great experience because the doctor walked in. and Now, now I have great insurance. Mm-hmm. I have great insurance, right? So I can go anywhere. So I, was, I went on ZocDoc to go find a new primary care doctor. What's in my network? If you don't know what ZocDoc is out there, ZocDoc is an app where you can find specialists, doctors, mm-hmm. whatever you need. You can find it on ZocDoc. So I found this lady. Uh, at a practice downtown, I didn't really center wanna, city. Center yeah. city. I didn't really want to go to a big hospital because my my uh, experiences with big hospitals have never been good. Yeah, because they're trying to treat everybody at once. You want somebody like like you said, primary care, yep. primarily on me yep. right now. Exactly, exactly. So I I went in there thinking that everybody else the, the 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 practice was beautiful it was all white it was nice it was beautiful the medical assistants were nice and helpful and sweet smiling i loved it and then the doctor came in this lady looked at me and said what do you want me to do and i mm. said huh like i'm like lady i don't know you you're supposed to as a doctor you're supposed to have bedside manner you know what i mean you're supposed to talk to me you're supposed to ask me questions because you're my primary care doctor this isn't the emergency room where you done seen 85 gunshot wounds and somebody with their head like hanging in their hand like this is supposed to be a a one-on-one conversation yeah asking me about my history asking me about who i am and i was she I said oh she said what's wrong with your foot what do you want me to do and i was just telling her about everything she said oh i'm letting you know right now i don't prescribe opioids because we're in an opioid pandemic and i was like what the fuck yeah like, lady, like, I didn't even get to that yet. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even get to that level. Yeah, you know what's crazy? What? What's crazy about that is you you speak to older people, you know, older, older people that have common sense. Yeah. And they and they say that all the time. Like, um, these doctors think, that's why a lot of them don't go to the hospital because they think um, that these, these, these doctors look at you like you're a drug abuser. Yes. Especially in the time we're in. Especially, but they, they look at you as a drug abuser if you're a black person. Yes. That, that, and that's the craziest thing. Yes. Because in Philadelphia, statistics show who's more, who's more on opioids than anybody. Lord, Lord, Lord. White people. So, <laughs> and that's facts. Lord, Lord, Lord. Well, go to Kensington, which everybody's probably familiar now because it's like the capital of drugs and shit like that. But, yeah, so I don't understand where they got that narrative from. It's just, it's medical, it's malpractice in my opinion. It is. And that's why I said we need representation in these type of fields. Uh, and it's harder to get in those type of fields. It is. Because, you know, 
we we're not raised to like yo go be a doctor we're raised off of rap music not all of us but i'm saying if you're from where we're from mm. we're raised off of a, a lot of shit yo we have aspirations we got hoop dreams nobody wants to be a doctor but disregard that that's another story but uh when we'll you, get there when we when you see like if you see somebody of your color they understand your problem yes that's why yes women would prefer going to woman doctors yes because they understand what a woman is going through yes as a black man they say that we are more tolerant to certain pains that's why they don't prescribe us certain things you yes. know what i mean so if i say um Hey, I'm having a little a, a little stomach ache. You don't know what uh, you don't know if I may have a tumor in my stomach, but nope. you're saying, yo, it's just a tummy ache. Just take a Tylenol, you you're good. Yep. But if I was someone else, and this is facts, if I was someone else, they'll be like, all right, we're gonna give you an X-ray. Yep. We're gonna give you all of uh, the things you need yep. to feel better. But when it comes to us, it's like, yeah, we're just gonna push it to the side. And a lot of people disregard that, like it's a myth or something like that. But it's one of those things that's like an unspoken rule, yes. I think, against with doctors. Like, you don't have to say it's not there, but you know it's there. You know what I mean? I'm so glad we're on this topic because um, what I had when I went to go to my ankle specialist, my ankle specialist, I had one prior. It was a very old white man, and I'm not afraid to say it. Very old white man. Didn't want to listen. Didn't even want to sit in the room. Basically said either get through this or there's nothing we can do. You're going to live with this forever. You have arthritis. It is. Now, he retired. And one of his students, she's 29, African. You know what I mean? Very good guy. Follows me on LinkedIn. And he was like, he came in the room. I felt like his presence when he came in the room. Cause he was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, very explaining things to me. He was like, you watch basketball? Like, this is what happened. You mm-hmm. have this, this, that, that, that. People have recovered. This, this, that, that, that. You have four different options. I'm going to lay them all out for you. Tell me which one works best for you. And then he, he, he took me the first time ever in my adult life he gave me 27 x-rays i told him what was wrong he was like you're getting all his x-rays now mm-hmm. he made he got every side angle image of my foot and he said all right i'm looking at your x-rays now we gotta get your mri no the other doctors they didn't even want to they do don't it. Do, yeah they didn't want to do it so that's the problem i had see it's crazy as black men how we're discussing this and we all have the same type of uh experience yeah but but a lot of people will say it's a myth. But um Keep going. we all don't get treated the same by no. I'm just letting you know we all get treated differently. But uh yeah, that's the problem I had. That's why I actually changed my primary care because I went there, it was a young white woman. Um she was filling in for the doctor that day. My doctor's uh a white woman, but she I get not no more, but so I went there and I'm sitting there and I I'm explaining to her. I'm like, Yeah, I've been having you know, I've been having back pains, you know what I mean? And she just said, you, you know, it's probably because you're a bigger guy. That's what it usually happens. I'm like, bro, you're supposed to, like, examine something like that. Are you supposed saying, to ask more questions? Hey, yeah, but she was just literally brushing it off. Like, yep. oh, he's a strong black man. Nothing's really wrong with him. Just take a Tylenol. You don't need a prescription. So I'm like, bro, that's like, it's like they literally don't care. Nope. And it's like. And my insurance, like, just like you, my insurance is stellar. Yeah, yes. And, and it's crazy because, like. The doc, the, the my, my ankle specialist, and and this is the pr- where my where my primary care doctor failed, right? But I'm gonna explain what my what my ankle specialist did. He said, "Listen, you haven't taken a narcotic in ten plus years. I'm gonna give you a low level narcotic and see if it works. Mm-hmm. It didn't, mm-hmm. right? And and like you know, from from growing up, like I've had a lot of surgeries to reconstruct mm-hmm. my ankle, so I was on like morphine at like six and seven. You know what I mean? So it's just like growing up, I've taken a lot of strong medication. So if I'm sitting here telling you that it doesn't work, you as a doctor 
as a damn doctor has to realize when somebody is in pain and somebody is not. And I'm giving you, I'm not out here drug seeking. Now, I know there's people that are. Yeah. There's people that are because they can get it and sell it and do whatever, but that doesn't mean they're black. Mm-hmm. Number one, that's just people. That's <laughs> literally. That's just people, right? And it doesn't make sense that I have to go to seven, eight, nine, ten different doctors on a bad foot to explain to you I need pain medicine. You know what I mean? I was at one point I was taking naproxens, right? I was taking so many naproxens at the same time that my that my stomach would hurt mm. and it wouldn't work, right? But if I go to a doctor and I'm telling them, doctor, doctor, I'm taking these naproxens and they're not working. I'm taking these Tylenol, these motions, they're not working. They're like, oh well, I, I don't prescribe opioids, and I'm yeah, like, like that's not what we're asking. We're not asking you for the bandage. There's a million pills out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't understand why you go from Tylenol to opioids because you're black. Because I'm black, literally. You know what I mean, and 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 truth be told, like I I only and I know this may sound bad, but I only want doctors from here on out that look like me. Yeah, I mean it doesn't sound bad because we, like we said, we know what we know. Yep. We know each other just like how we have melanin skin. Another person that doesn't have melanin can, can never relate to that. Nope. They can never relate. Just like how no. we have low, very low chances of getting like skin disease than other races. We can't relate to them because nope. we don't get it that much. You nope. know what I mean? Or even so, how things look on black skin. Yeah, yeah. Tattoos. Look at tattoos. Like, good example is, is a lot of tattoo artists. Like, I was watching Ink Master. Ink Master's the shit when they compete who's the best tattoo artist. But when it came to black skin, everybody did poorly. Why? Because they don't experiment with black and white skin. They don't They don't experiment on people with melanin. No. They only, they only seen white people their whole life, so they just tat on white skin. It's the same, literally the same exact mm-hmm. thing. You'll never know how the skin is. The, and the skin is different. They, they explain on the show how our skin is different. It yes. takes needles differently. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. It's just uh, you want to be treated by someone that has been in your shoes before. And all she That's did why was, representation is important. Yes. Yes. And what she did was she said, all right, I'm a. Uh, she said, all right, I'm going to refer you to a pain management specialist. And, I, and I'm in my head like, great, another appointment. Another appointment. Just another, to tell you, I don't do opioids. Just, and just, just for me to take off, my, my, my job has been so understanding with mm-hmm. this whole thing. But say if I wasn't, say if I'm a, another person, right, mm-hmm. and a different job and a different life, you're not getting all this time off of work. Mm-hmm. You're not getting all these abilities to just go handle your personal, your personal health. So you know what you do? You live with it, yeah. which creates longer problems. Which creates longer problems. And it's like, as a black man, like, people in my life always say, like, you should go to doctors, you should go to doctors. There, I have not gone. Before this, this ankle thing, I refused to go to the doctors because of this. Because I, there's no reason why I have to literally fight to get appropriate health care. And I have excellent insurance. Yeah. Excellent insurance. You know what I mean? So I can only imagine people that don't have insurance or have bad insurance. Like, what's what's going on with them? And they probably give up, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're fighting in an opioid pandemic, according to doctors. We're also fighting the doctors for them to actually understand us. And then we're also fighting with our bodies because the pain hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. bad. So who really wins? No one. <laughs> no one. But if I was white and I lived out in, in, the, in the county somewhere and I have a toothache, you're giving me fucking Vicodin. You're giving me Percocet. You give me Percocet for a toothache. I give to Uncle Larry to give, mm. and he can abuse him and do whatever. And it, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, it makes no sense. And that's why I I, I gave her a very 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 horrible review, mm. and I put my name at the bottom of it too. Yeah. I said you're gonna know that you saw me this day, and you see the review, and you have terrible bedside manner. Yeah. Terrible bedside. Because if if you if you see me, let's be honest, if you see me and I say the pain I'm going through, and your first response is we don't give opioids. 
That's kind of racist. That's kind of fucked up. That's kind of fucked up. On my face, like yeah, I had a mask yeah, on. I'm like, you're quitting me to a drug abuser at this point. Basically calling me a crackhead. Yeah, I didn't even ask. I didn't ask. I just wanted. I just want better health. I'm not asking for drugs. I'm not asking for drugs. I just want a, a better living. That's literally the reason why we go to the hospital. But you see why a lot of black people refuse to go yep. there. And it's crazy because I always go to the... I know this may sound weird, but I always go to the hospital well-dressed. Mm. I always go to the hospital well-dressed. So, like, you don't... I try to eliminate all preconceived notions that doctors will have. I went in there dressed very well. And the first thing you say is, oh, we don't we don't give opioids. It shouldn't be like that, though. You it shouldn't, shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to do that. I don't do it. I just like how I... Read. I just regular. Bro, I just talk well. Bro, it, it 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 just came to the point where, and 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 this is why I stopped going to like the bigger hospitals yeah. like University of Penn, they don't care Temple Drexel because you don't seen, you're you're published in so many journals. You yeah. you you think your your head is so far up your own ass that you don't see a person that's actually in pain, and you think that oh we live in Philadelphia, you probably just want, want something some, drugs, some heroin ish yeah. stuff. To give to somebody because you look at my address, you see I live in a inner city part of Philadelphia, and what I do? No, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. It's crazy, man. Absolutely not. It's not fair. It's not. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. It's not fair at all. It's not fair. But you you did bring up an interesting point at um earlier on before we got into this topic about how like. Uh, individuals are perceived, especially African Americans, are perceived. Yeah. Uh, would you like to go into that? Um, I mean, it's it's layered. Like, we all are. No, I'm, I'm not gonna say all of us, but majority are like first impressionists, and we all judge based off the first thing we see, just mm-hmm. off what we was raised off of, and just what our parents teach us. Um. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't really have much to say. I just know, to be honest, back then we were raised differently. So when we seen a certain person, we would already have uh, who they are in our mind before yeah. we would speak to them. We judge books before, um, we judge books by their covers. So that's literally everybody. You can't say you don't. Nope. Uh, so those are the preconceived things that, uh, you know, that we have to deal with. Sadly, especially in in, in those type of fields. Yes. You would you would think that certain people are trained, uh, but like you should be handling situations the same. Like you should handle every situation the same with every person. But based off their skin color, you have a, a preconceived uh, thought about them already. Uh, like you like that's not that serious. Just like you said earlier, like when you go in the hospital, you're a black man. They're gonna think yo he takes pain. He has a hot. He has a um. They say we have lower uh, pain tolerance, right? Or higher high, pain. We tolerance. We have a higher yeah. pain tolerance. Yeah. So they're so they're like, oh, he's saying his stomach hurts. You would think, oh, if it's if he's saying his stomach hurts, if if that stereotype is true, then you would take it serious. This something might really be yeah, wrong. Yeah, it might, it's, yeah, but no, you like, yeah, oh, he's a he's a crackhead. He just wants drugs. Yep. So yeah, it's just everything's just everyone's judging a book by his cover. Yep. So there's really nothing to it. Like, there's no reason I have to sit up at my grown age. Yeah. In pain. With all the access to all the stuff that I have, because the doctor doesn't want to give me anything or fix the issue. But mm-hmm. enough complaining, we've done enough. Yeah. So last week we talked about the "Don't Say Gay" uh, bill. We did. So New York came out, oh, and they launched and they launched their own campaign. It was denouncing Florida's "Don't Say Gay" law. 
So in the poster, right, and you just see the word gay colorful everywhere. And it's a circle. And it says, uh, come to the city where you can say whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, this article is from CNN. So, you know, take it how you want. Do your research. Yep. But it basically saying New York City will launch an ad campaign in Florida denouncing the new law that uh, opponents have dubbed the Don't Say Gay Law to celebrate the diversity and acceptance of New York City. The mayor, Eric Adams, announced Monday the campaign will feature both billboards and creative ads in five major Florida cities. Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville, West Palm Beach, and Florida, though. So, um, they're saying this is political showmanship and it's attempting to uh, demonize a particular group. It's in the, and it's accept, unacceptable. So, that's why New York is doing it to Florida. How do you feel about that? How I feel about it? Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like We've read, they know what's going on. I'm pretty sure they've read what's going on. Yeah, and we read the 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 details within the bill and how we were like, all right. Well, I was like, all right, it's not that bad the way because it's like K through like third grade. Yep, where K kids are not grade. really understanding what's going on right now. Yep. So that's what. But I'm pretty sure with the big headline, New York is trying to make a statement, and you know. Everything is just billboards, like we always say. The media just uh, shows... It's just the media, literally. So, what they did is bought five billboards throughout Florida saying, come to New York. And I'm pretty sure there's a reason why they're doing it, because they're up. A lot of people were moving out of New York because it became more expensive since the pandemic. Yes. Everybody's been moving to, like, outer tri-state. So, a lot of people have been moving here. Yes. Where we're at, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. A lot of people have been moving to New Jersey. So... This is probably a way for them to say, yo, we're super accepting. Let's come back and live with us. Come live in this uh, one studio apartment for $5 million a month. Yep. We miss you. We don't even have a toilet in there. Yeah. Yeah. Where you got a shit in the outhouse. Um, it, I, don't, I don't even know like where, where to begin. The amount of like cereal box box topper knowledge Mm -hmm. that controls like our government day-to-day life really does alarm me sometime only because if you read (laughs) yeah that's all you had to do is read if if you read just what things are you know Damn. Because I want to say this. I want to say this right. So. You really have to understand. Like what you see. Is not always what it is. You know. So for example. Right. Can you can you pull up. Can you pull up that. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull up. I'm going to pull up that. That article right. I have okay. it up. Hold on. Hold on, I'm pulling up here. So it says, "Come to the city where you can say whatever you, you want. want." Yeah, and it just says, "Gay, gay, 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 gay." It's crazy. It's like everywhere. If you read, if you read the bill, it doesn't discriminate anyone from being gay, or it doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't say like, "Yo, this is the wrong thing." Like you would think. Because the big headline it says be "Don't say thing. gay," yeah, and you're like, "Oh shit, you can't say gay." Like yeah. they hate gays. Like yeah. they, nobody, nobody said that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I I feel 
I feel like again we are in a we are in a space that is controlled by politics. We are in a space that is controlled by politics because and the problem is when you're in a space controlled by politics and then you have a, when you're in a space controlled by politics and then you are influenced by the media, I know that nobody's reading. Mm-hmm. Nobody's reading. And, and like and then that that is a that is a problem because you have like the like the, the general population will just see these headlines and they will create their own wrong yeah. <laughs> opinion. And now I have to go on social media and see like the millions of tweets that people have that i'm just like yo i know you didn't read this yeah you know but it takes it takes a certain type of person to actually read and i know that may sound weird to say but it takes a certain type of person to read and not just believe you know what is said what is said you know and and i i know that may sound crazy but I think it's just one, uh, I, I, you know, I, I just think it's like one company trying to capitalize another off another one. That's all it is. Yes. It's like, all right, they're doing bad right now. We're all slandering Florida because they're apparently homophobic. So what we're going to do, we're going to be outliers and we're going to relate to a lot of people so it can bring more money to our state. It's a game. That's all it is. That's it's a game. Only, like we always say, they don't really care. No. They don't really care. They're just capitalizing no. off of it. They know what, they know the truth. Yeah. Because the thing is, if somebody was, again, if somebody was outraged by that don't say gay bill, and then you see that in New York, bro, somebody out there is going to feel compelled enough to just pick up and move. Yeah. And let me tell you one thing. I don't know where you live at, but if you live in Florida, and then you pick up and move to New York, you are an idiot. Buddy. You are an idiot. You're sacrificing sunshine for rats (laughs) and sewage. And... (laughs) Inflation and inflation, yeah. <laughs> inflation and living in one bedroom apartments and too many people and overpopulation and noise, yeah. Too much noise. City that never sleeps, right? In the city that don't sleep. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it just there. New York's mayor has definitely made made a lot of waves. Yeah. And um, a lot of the things that he says, like he wants to ban, he wants to ban uh, hip hop music. He wants to ban. He wants to ban a couple things. And I'm just like. To when does it end? <laughs> to when? To when does it end? So, because um, I mean, I don't know, man. I I, I don't I don't know. Like some some things just so are just so stupid yeah. <laughs> to me. Like I, I I can't even really put it into words. You know, I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> like it's just so dumb. Like not not the bill itself, but just like so like just that's so so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. So I went on um. Yeah, you know, like we said, the big corporations, they dictate the narrative on how the world plays out. Literally, that's all it is. Uh, so I was on Twitter, and I asked a question, like, what would y'all like to, you know, discuss? Yeah. And um, this was a very interesting topic, actually. Um, he says, uh, the role the role Hollywood has played in the thug troupe for black men and he's, he explained, and he says, anytime you have a positive role for a black man, there's either hardships coming up or they're dealing with normal thuggish roles or fighting for their inner thug. Take a look at Uncle Phil from Bel Air. Well off, but constantly has to be reminded that he's from that life. Uh, 
He also says it's been employed in Hollywood for so long, but yet there's always this talk about uh, inclusivity and diversity, but it's never the positive roles for the actors that are not well established in Hollywood. They need to feed us that narrative because that's their bread and butter. That's what the white folks want to see. They don't want death, really, but uh, but anytime Oscars come around, there's a racial movie about bridging gaps or whatever. And I would have to say, I agree. Yeah, I I agree. You can start it off. Um, one thing one thing that I will say about this is that he does have a point. Yeah, definitely has a point, and I have said this numerous times. Numerous numerous times about about how we are perceived and you know now people say oh you 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 want to some people go on twitter and be like oh you want to look a certain type of way for the whites for the whites no 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 it's it's not it, it's, it's for not, us it's for us <laughs> it's for, just like yeah. that you know what else i've been seeing a lot of people saying they were trying to denounce everybody from the the will smith shit right Keep going. so with the will smith shit you've seen a lot of people like Y'all saying uh, we making ourselves look a fool for the white man? For the whites. I'm like, no, we're making ourselves look a fool for us. For us. <laughs> I don't care about for the us. white man. I care about how we're represented. Not for them, but for us. Mm-hmm. Literally. Be- because when history runs things back, right? When history runs things back, you have to start to see, like, well, what, what happened in this era in life? And the negative always outshines the positive. Unless the pos- unless the positive is truly transcendent, which it probably is not, <laughs> you know, like, or maybe, but it, it always, it always, it always outshines. So that this is something that, you know, I agree with. For example, we talked about this probably like 30 episodes about why there are there so many slave movies? You know, like why why is there so many different depictions of one of the ugliest times in American history? Yeah. And usually they're all directed by white people. Majority of the time. To show the new faces of the world, to show the younger people of the world, hey, look, this is what happened in America. Yeah. Why do you keep trying to show me as a second class citizen on the big screen in movies and and make millions and make millions off of this slavery picture? It's crazy because we all know history. We all know slavery is one of the biggest things, one of the biggest tragedies, literally for four hundred years. One of the biggest things, and we and we we say this a lot, but we constantly reminded of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a slave movie, they have a thug movie, a gangster show. Yep. I mean, it's not wrong with it if the story is well put, but it's like, bro, like if I want to see, like. Uh, just like back in the day, how we had that's why that's why the Cosby Show did so well. Yes, that's why you know Fresh uh, Prince, Sanford and Son. Yep, you got the Fresh Prince because it had black role models, a black family that's established with good jobs. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. More positivity now. There's just a lot of pandering shit going on. You know what I mean? Like we have those black shows, but it's now it's all is race related. It's all political. Everything yes. has an agenda in these dumbass shows these days. Yes, it's, it's that, not it genuine. Like back then, it was an agenda, but the agenda was breaking barriers. Because we'd never seen a successful black family on screen until we seen shit like the Cosby show. Right. Like you know what I mean? Even yeah. um even uh what was it called? Ooh. Good times. Remember yes, good times. Good it, was, time. it was about a struggling family, but they always made do what they had to do. So it's like, damn, that's happiness right there. Yes. It's just tell you to appreciate what you got right now. Or hell, even the Jeffersons. Even the Je- yeah, the Jeffersons, yeah. You know, and and to go to go to your point, to go to your point, Duff, like 
for for us, you know, growing up, we didn't have dads that was doctors that was black. Yeah. Nope. No dad was telling us, "Yo, you got to go to college. You want to go to an HBCU. You want to you want to do all these things." We never, even though y'all know my opinion on all that stuff already, but like we we never saw that. Yeah. So these shows, when you saw the mom and the dad living together, and they all making good money, and the kids in school and everything. You, you want to be the Cosby's. Mm-hmm. You want even hell Cosby sweaters. Like so, so think about it. Come you on. Use, the, use the same thing you just said and now put it in today's television. You can't. You see no, no. I'm saying if you do it, if you see a black family, you're like yo, that's black representation, and that's all we see. We see positivity with these black households. Mm-hmm. Now with today's television, all you see is guns, gangs, violence, or agendas. And now and now. What is as a black person, you see that and you automatically think, damn, this is all we subjected to. Yep. That, and and it, back then, I really used to be like, yo, music is not affecting us. You know, I used to really think that it wasn't until some yeah, point. Yeah. At first, I'm like, yo, music is not the root of this violence. But now, when I look now today, bro, music is literally one of the main causes of why these niggas doing drugs, why these niggas like overdosing, overdosing, uh, treating women like shit. Killing literally, I didn't think about it at first, but I'm like, yo, it's really in the lyrics. It's crazy, yeah. And people will go out of their way to recreate lyrics because they'll feel like, yo, I'm so and so, I'm so and so. Look what I'm doing. I say, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, you're you're a fucking idiot. And uh, people used to clown me all the time about it. They used to clown me all the time, saying that like they would put on the show and everything. I said, yo, I don't watch the type of stuff. Yeah, why don't you watch? And I'm not lying. You, you, yeah. I'm not lying about it. And they're like, why don't you watch some stuff? I said, bro, I'm not watching. I'm not going outside watching it and then coming in the house watching it. I'm, I'm conditioning my brain for filth, bro. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting here saying, like, I don't I don't sit here and watch and listen to music videos and all that type of stuff. But after a while, there has to be some. You got to turn the faucet off sometime. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, like I, I used to hang with people that used to love watching movies about just all day long, just about selling drugs and gangbanging and everything. Like, bro, this culture, this culture. When was my culture selling drugs? Yeah. You know, like, 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 when was my culture gangbanging? Like, you like, oh, this, this, you need to watch this so you can be hip to it, bro. I'm not. I don't want to watch that shit. Yeah. I don't want to watch that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not. It's not fun when you have family members that are actually dying and actually getting shot, and then you watching on TV and people people dying and people getting mm-hmm. shot. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to go to sleep with that on my brain, and then I'm dreaming about myself dying or getting shot, and I'm waking up going outside to possibly dying or getting get shot. shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, we can we condition people all the damn time, and I just want to know when is it enough? It's not. It's truly not. So I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and maybe you can attest to this more than me because you're a big movie person. Like you understand who runs Hollywood, mm-hmm. like who's behind Hollywood. So that means you know, or you have an idea of why these things are so popular. Um, honestly, I I really couldn't tell you. Really? No, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I don't really look. I'm not into. Um, Uh yeah, I I know the shows like The Wire did so well because it was very well directed. Yeah, and and we want like I said at that time we wanted relatability. The Wire related to all of us because it showed you black. It, it was like like the show like the shows like The Wire was so well put because you had 
you did have crime, mm-hmm. but you had crime not only for black people. It wasn't showing. Uh, it was showing the streets of Baltimore, but it was showing like the politics, the street politics. So you had positive black male figures in the show. You had criminal white men in the show. You had criminal white cops in the show. You had positive black cops in the show and you had kids that was going through trials and tribulations that they were going through in that show so it was the epitome of the neighborhood so i didn't see that like it was perpetuating a negative stereotype um of us because i'm like this is literally real life like if it was just a show of like a bunch of you know a one track story type of show when it's like a nigga just selling drugs all day and, and get like, shot at the end. Yeah, so then I'm like, all right, that's that's terrible. But that's why shows like that worked out. But the shows today is all just pandering to an audience that wants to see it, which is predominantly white people because they do want to see that. Um, on the outside looking in, you know, it's like watching the show to them. So what I would say to you is that do you feel like The Wire is the reason why we have so many of these shows? Because The Wire did so well? No, but I wouldn't blame The Wire. I would blame the state of where we're in. You know. Mm. Um, like I said, we all want to see representation, but I don't want to see that type of representation. Yeah. Like, if the story is well, yeah, I don't, I don't see it as representation. But I don't know. I don't know what the catch is with them. I don't know what the catch is, especially with the slave shit. The slave shit. We've been watching that movie for like since y'all could have stopped at Roots. Truthfully, <laughs> truthfully. Stopped, Roots was there. Yeah. And then they were like, all right, we can profit off of this shit. Yep. We yep. can profit and off this. Every LeVar other year, Burton. they make a 12 years of slave. Yeah, we don't need that. Nope, don't need it. And and, and truthfully, the, the, way, the way I always saw it was that you really got to sit back. And I know people don't do it. And I know this may come off as preachy, but you really got to sit back and be like, yo, here's another slave movie. Here's another Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> here's a, here's another movie about X, Y, and Z. Now I'm not saying you go to you you not me me and Duff. We're not going to the movies every weekend and be like, yo, I'm about to go watch some positivity. Yeah, never. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm pushing here. What I'm what I'm pushing is P. But anyway, what I'm what I'm pushing is there's other things out there to watch that are in, incredibly entertaining. But I'm I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Because if you really know somebody that was lost to the streets, and if you really know somebody that got shot for no reason, and if you really know somebody that overdosed on, on whatever, on some drug that was sold out of pocket or, you know, un- unsolicitedly, why would you want to watch that? Because you know those people, they'd be like, bro, why are you watching that right now? Yeah. But in the same breath, it's like, you can relate to it. Like, damn, I, I like it because I can relate. This actually happens. That's really. triggering. Yeah. That's triggering for almost. some people, though. Internalized, depending on the person. Yeah. Maybe people want to see, like, yo, I've been in this predicament. I understand. It's like watching. It's literally like watching a documentary. Like, oh, I felt heard. Maybe that's how people feel. I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe it's a voice for the voiceless. But then at the same time, it depends on how well it's directed. The the writing, the acting. That's all it depends on, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got to say on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in other news, Elon Musk now owns a lot of Twitter. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. He owns a lot of Twitter. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I mean, maybe it's a change in the way that they operate free speech on there, man. Maybe he has a say-so in the, the board meetings about how it's directed, hopefully. Because he was going crazy at first. He was going crazy. Everybody was like, yo, he's going crazy on Twitter. He was mm. just saying whatever he wanted. Yes. Just posted anything. And I thought he was hacked. He was tweeting like he was hacked. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, this man. But then that was actually a boss move. And I feel like a lot of com- Like, if you want to see change, I feel like that's the first step and do it. Okay. But he has a lot of money, so we can't speak on that. But, 100 uh, billion. Yeah. 
So he was like, yo, I'm going to say whatever I want. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm going to buy some of it. I'm going to eat it. Yeah, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I feel. Like, if that's the step that he was willing to take for people to have. Because, you know, it's a private company. And private companies can do whatever they want with their company. They can set any rules and limitations so forth. Yes. So what Elon Musk did is he said whatever he wants. People got offended. Guess what he did? He bought it. So now you can't. You can get offended. But guess what? I control the narrative now. Yep. And so uh, there was an opinion piece. So I read a couple pieces from Bloomberg. I read a couple pieces from Forbes. And now I read this piece from uh, Politico. Now, Politico is it's obviously an opinion. So don't take it for anything face value that's not an opinion. So, again. But um, one one thing that was interesting that they said was, and this is a quote. It said, now, why would the world's richest person want to buy into Twitter? Yeah. It's not a widely profitable company. It's not even a top social media outlet like Facebook or TikTok. While the investment has goosed the company's stock by 25%, providing Musk with a bigger bank account, money can't be this main his can't be his main motivation. Instead, it seems like Musk has belatedly reached the altitude where many of his fellow oligarchs dwell, a place where owning big media conveys status upon that upon them that is beyond money viewed from this angle it's not strange that must invested in media only strange that it took him so long end quote so uh what i what i what i got from that is again it's an opinion piece but what i what i got from that was if you take a look at the other like rich multi-billionaire people in the world they have some sort of media outlet yeah jeff bezos has amazon enough amazon everything Mm -hmm. you know you look at bill gates you look at um tim cook you look at you know all these people they all have some access to a media giant Elon Musk is probably the second or third richest man in the world. <laughs> and he doesn't have that. And it's interesting to think about. Like, did Elon Musk only buy Twitter or well, buy? He, he's the largest stakeholder in Twitter so he can have his own media platform. Or do you think he bought it just as like a business flex? Probably a business flex and probably as in the same breath as like, y'all not about to limit my speech. So if I'm a large stakeholder, I feel like that I'm excluded from what are y'all trying to do to me. That's how I feel like. Mm. I just I feel like he was just shitting on people. That's how I honestly feel. But he obviously had. He's a very smart man, so he 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 has something in store for it probably. Yeah, yeah. And now I I I, I realized this when I was watching it. So Donald Trump is still banned yeah, from Twitter. Yeah. But the president of Russia still has an active Twitter yeah. account. Yeah. So, as we know, the war in Ukraine right now is going crazy. It's still going on. Um, do you feel like the president of Twitter, like the president, excuse me, the president of Twitter, wow, the president of Russia's account should be banned? Um, I mean, that would be a lot of, it's a lot of parallels into that. Because it is. It's like, like you said, they ban Trump, but they don't ban someone that everybody is standing against right now yep so it doesn't matter like y'all y'all took it away all russia's finances y'all took away all the imports that's going into russia but y'all not taking away his tweets because he hasn't tweeted nothing crazy yeah 
So it doesn't. His doesn't tweets have been sense. very, very, very neutral. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to me. So there, but you know, like I said, it's that's not a government thing because you know it's even in the amendments, like it's a private owned company, so they can do whatever they want with their platform. Yes. So I really can't be mad at a company that's about and it's just their amendment. That's they're rightfully so to do so. Yeah. So and the government can't control that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and again, people are still hurt about Trump, you know, not having a Twitter or whatever. But I mean, like I said, and that's probably another pre- probably reason why Musk actually is such a large stakeholder in Twitter because if he comes off and says something, you can't silence him. You can't. Yeah, I'm a stakeholder. Yep. Yep. Sit back, mm-hmm. <laughs> enjoy the ride. I'm about to go crazy over here, you know. And plus, like as we already know, Twitter is such a a wild west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of non-censorship you can find twitter is is like social media is new york city yeah it is everywhere everywhere you know like it's a melting pot of so much content so it's like you you really can't ban (laughs) you really can't ban anything because if you ban this then that rule goes for everything Everything, and then now it's not twitter anymore Mm -hmm. now this is tiktok (laughs) essentially so very very important to say um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's a podcast and show show, though. Podcast and show show. That's all I got to say. Yes. Yeah, podcast and show show. I'm your boy, Vanessa Belli. Love you make much. Sure you, make sure you go support the Patreon if you haven't. Shout out to that. Shout out to that.